Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. When you care for someone, you do your best to be faithful and loyal. But when that someone is deceitful and betrays your confidence, it will do more than shake you. It'll make you question everything you knew about them. That is, if you're still alive. Because when someone stabs you in the back, you might not survive their deadly deceit. First, the devil lurks right below you, followed by comfort and evil. Then, friends aren't always forever. Finally, in our featured story, A Midnight Massacre. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, wanna hear something scary? Deadly Deceit Giving someone a good fright is all fun and games until you're the one who isn't in on the joke. Then you just may get scared to death. Like in this story based on a true legend inspired by Nicole. Topeka, Kansas is the home of the Washburn University Ichabods. 
a sleepy little college town where the most trouble you can get into is siphoning gas or using a fake ID. So when two couples from the college were looking to stir things up, they decided to take a little road trip about half an hour away to the city of Alma. The city of Alma had a cemetery rife with folklore. So when Tina and Xavier suggested checking it out, their friends Sonny and Dustin were more than happy to tag along. On the ride out there, Xavier explained the legend. Over 100 years ago, a farmer named Daryl owned a huge plot of land with his brother Mark. Mark wanted to sell part of the land to a crematorium and cemetery owner, but Daryl refused. For years, the land, which was not farmable, lay wasted, and Mark was running out of money. He headed to Daryl's house one last time to try and convince him to relinquish just a few acres. The two brothers stood outside arguing, neither backing down. Mark pleaded to borrow some money from his brother to get by, but Daryl denied him even that. As Daryl turned back towards his house, he passed by the well. Mark was desperate and took the opportunity, running at his brother and pushing him in. Daryl didn't die quickly. He screamed at the top of his lungs for help. He thrashed and wailed until he lost his voice. Eventually, exhaustion took over. He could no longer stay afloat and drown. Mark stood by and listened to the pleas of his brother, refusing to give aid. Daryl hadn't helped him, so it was payback. Weeks later, after Mark sold the property as the workers were breaking ground, they smelt an awful odor coming from the well. After several inspections, they were unable to find a cause. No body was found, and they chose to board up the well and build around it. Now, whenever anyone visits the cemetery and has the courage to sit on top of the boarded well, they can feel something pulling them from below. It's been called the Devil's Chair, and whoever sits on it and feels the pull goes missing. Upon hearing all the spooky details, the quartet were anxious to get to Alma Cemetery. When they arrived, they found it in a dilapidated state, old iron gates leaning over and the land overgrown with trees and greenery. After about 10 minutes of weaving in and out of old tombstones, they finally saw it a circular well that now had a cement slab over the top. Dustin and Xavier raced over, daring each other to go first. Finally, Xavier acquiesced, ignoring Tina's pleas for him to not do it. Annoyed to be ignored, Tina grabbed Sonny and started heading back toward the headlights from their car. Xavier climbed on top of the slab and gave Dustin a nod. Dustin hopped up on the well to join him, and after sharing a mischievous look, Xavier jumped down and hit the car's key remote, cutting off the lights. The two guys convincingly moaned and screamed, causing the women to panic in terror. After several moments, their screams turned to laughter, proving they were pranking their girlfriends. Not funny! Tina yelled as she ran up to Xavier in the dark and grabbed the keys from him. After she called them a few choice words, she was able to remote start the car again, shining light back on everyone. Everyone, except Dustin. 
he was nowhere to be found. The ladies, tired of the shenanigans, were growing irate. They just wanted to head home. After a few minutes, even Xavier was annoyed, calling for Dustin to come out. There was silence as they waited for Dustin to respond. This was shortly followed by a murmuring that they couldn't place. The closer they stepped to the well, the louder the sounds got. It was clear they were hearing Dustin pleading for help dozens of feet below the well surface. But how? The slab was unmovable no matter how much they pushed and heaved. They called the police, but by the time they arrived, Dustin was no longer making a sound. It took the fire department two hours to crack open the slab and to shine a light down below. Dustin's body was found floating at the base. No one could explain how he got there or why. The death was ruled accidental and remains a mystery. So, if you're ever in the middle of Kansas with nothing to do, remember, doing nothing might just be the safest option. Thank you so much, Nicole, for telling us of this legend and inspiring this story. Have you ever experienced anything weird in a cemetery? Would you be brave enough to check it out? Or would you ditch your friends and head for safety? The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When someone thinks they're in love with you, things can get intense. But when that intensity turns out to be deadly, it'll be apparent that it wasn't really love at all. Like in this story inspired by Z.C., Thank you to our Patreon member, Antonio, whose name we use in this story. Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital in New York may be notorious for housing the criminally insane, but sometimes patients checking into the psychiatric department just need a few days of rest and therapy 
Then they could be released into the custody of their doctor and family, which is exactly what Dr. Coulter assumed as he entered the room to consult with Winnie Schwartz. After reviewing her files and evaluation, he was sure she had been through intense trauma and she only needed a break and plenty of time to talk through what had been happening. He started with the usual, why have you come to see us? And Winnie began to talk about her childhood, specifically a classmate called Antonio. They met in the eighth grade and became fast friends. He always looked at her a little differently. It hadn't scared her. It was more as if he was in awe of her. Winnie explained that the first incident happened a few months after they met. Winnie was being bullied by a classmate during gym. She vented to Antonio, telling him that they had kept dunking her in the swimming pool and that she wished that her classmate was dead. I hate her, she seethed. She hadn't meant it. It was just regular angry adolescent resentment. Antonio hugged Winnie and said, don't worry, she won't bully you again. The next day, her classmate was dead, drowned in her bathtub. The second incident was during senior year. Winnie had been on the volleyball team and the coach kept benching her to allow his own daughter more playtime. When Winnie mentioned her frustration to Antonio, adding that the coach had also drilled balls at her in practice, I hate him so much, she raged, feeling humiliated. Antonio consoled her and said the coach wouldn't demean her ever again. The next day, the coach was found at the park. He'd been beaten to death. Winnie swore she didn't see the pattern. In fact, surrounded by so many tragedies, they clung to each other for comfort. They began dating in college and eventually fell in love. Antonio helped Winnie pay for medical school. He was the most supportive person in her life. Then one day, shortly after they were married, Winnie got a call to come down to the ER. Antonio had been in a car accident. He was bruised and concussed, but was going to be fine. While he was sleeping, she checked his file. Under psychological assessments on his medical history, she saw he'd been diagnosed with ROCD, Romantic Obsessive Compulsive Disorder at 12 years old, the year they met. Winnie was confused. He was a doting husband, but she was sure he wasn't obsessed with her. Maybe it had been a misdiagnosis. A few months later, after a tough day, Winnie complained about a patient, claiming the patient was accusing her of medical malpractice when in truth, the patient was an addict. Winnie had been trying to help her, but she wanted Winnie to fill unnecessary prescriptions. When Antonio asked how she felt about the woman, Winnie swallowed, then mumbled, I hate her. She watched Antonio's eyes light up. She'll never bother you again. The next day, her patient was reported missing. Winnie rushed home to confront Antonio. He wasn't in the house, so she checked the work shed out back. It didn't take long to uncover her missing patient's body. She noted it had been covered in needle marks, made to look like an overdose. Winnie felt a mix of emotions as Antonio walked in the door. Fear, anger, revulsion, and betrayal. He apologized, but also said he would do anything to protect her. She yelled at Antonio, 
and through her tears, she told him he had ruined her life. Be careful, he said, but she ignored him. I hate you. Antonio stormed out of the shed, and the last thing when he heard was a gunshot. Her beloved husband was dead. As Winnie calmly told Dr. Coulter her story, he felt sorry for this woman who had discovered she was married to someone who was so compulsively obsessive. He reminded her she was safe now. Her husband was gone. But Winnie disagreed. Antonio was in that very room with them both. She could feel it. The doctor assured her that he wasn't, but it was natural to feel that way. She was there to begin her path of recovery and to feel a little better. Winnie stared at him, eyes strangely devoid of emotion. But I don't want to be here, Dr. Coulter. It's for your own good, my dear. Winnie raised her voice. You can't keep me. I want to leave. The doctor sighed as if exasperated and Winnie narrowed her eyes. Oh, so now he thought she was the problem, she thought. Well then, okay. Through gritted teeth, she added with a grin. I won't stay here like a prisoner. I hate you, doctor. The lights went out. A loud noise echoed in the room. The doctor's body hit the floor. That's when Winnie heard those words she had been missing, craving. He'll never bother you again. She breathed a deep sigh of relief as she finally felt comforted that Antonio would never leave her. Thank you so much, ZC, for inspiring this obsessive love tale for us. Listener, have you ever been so obsessed with someone you might kill for them? Has anyone ever said they would kill for you? Have they? Tell us your stories at somethingscary@snarl.com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Sometimes friends grow apart, life moves on, but not everyone is ready for that kind of change and that's when relationships can become overbearing, as in this story written by Janine. Rock climbing. Why did Summer always have to come up with new and more terrifying scenarios for them? Couldn't they just catch up like regular people, dissecting the latest reality TV show or soaking up rays at the lake? No. As always, the three of them were in the middle of nowhere, ready to do something that likely needed years of training, not a few days at the local fitness center. Kayla, Summer, and Danny had been friends since high school. Despite attending different colleges and pursuing varying careers, they tried to keep the friendship going. Goodness knows why, since each time they met up, the bond between them stretched further apart. But they got together when they could. 
depending on Danny's often erratic schedule as an ER nurse. Over the last couple of years, the meetups had gotten more, let's say, exhilarating. Kayla suspected it was because Summer was your typical soccer mom. In Kayla's mind, she describes that as being a perfect housewife and member of the PTA, while Danny was always exhausted from work. Kayla herself had a failed marriage and a job she only stayed at because it paid well. Summer felt the need to do something crazy and adventurous when she was with the girls, as she still referred to them. Even when Danny had suggested a weekend at the spa, Summer had scoffed, saying she could get a mani-pedi any day. They needed a challenge. Kayla could tell straight away that Danny was tired and shouldn't have been climbing. But of course, Summer insisted the fresh air and exercise would do them all some good and promised she'd take everyone out for a spectacular celebratory brunch when it was over. Summer was off, up the rock face like a spider. She'd obviously been practicing in between hot yoga and baking cookies for the school, Kayla thought to herself, a bit uncharitably. The climb was meant to take a couple of hours, but Danny was struggling. They were at the halfway marker, the point of no return, when she made a funny noise. Both Kayla and Summer were above her and couldn't see exactly what had happened. Kayla then realized it wasn't Danny, the rock face itself was groaning. She had no idea how or why, but all of a sudden, there was a rumble and some of the rocks shook loose. Bits of rock fell, one smacking Danny on the top of the head, sent her shooting straight back down the mountain and she slammed her body right into a sharp ledge jutting out. Danny, screamed Kayla. Kayla quickly but carefully lowering her own safety hoist down so she could try to help her friend. From the amount of blood, it didn't look good. As she started the descent, she looked back up and saw Summer wasn't moving. Summer, she yelled. Get down here and help me, now. As soon as Kayla reached Danny, she knew their friend was dead. She stared at the wounds on her body, and in particular, the way her head had been caved in and threw up. This was all Summer's fault. They could have been wrapped in seaweed, drinking kelp juice and green tea right now, but no. She'd insisted on this stupid trip, and now Danny was dead. Kayla felt a rage building up inside her. Summer finally reached her and looked over at Danny. She's dead? Kayla couldn't help it. Shock, anger, and a building resentment all came bubbling to the surface, and she shoved Summer as hard as she could, screaming in her face. The action managed to dislodge more rock from above, and they were both hit by falling debris. As Summer grabbed at the harness, Kayla kicked out at her, sending her shooting down the face like Danny had. It jammed, and she painfully smacked against the rocks. Help! She called weakly. Kayla lowered herself carefully to Summer's level. Summer reached up with her hand, which Kayla reluctantly grabbed. She then felt a tug and realized Summer's harness had slackened again, and if she were to let go of her... Kayla watched in slow motion as she loosened her grip and whipped her hand away from Summer's, causing her to plummet down. This time, with no ledges jutting out, She didn't stop until her body crumpled like a broken egg onto the ground. Funny how accidents happen, she thought, reaching into her pocket to call 911. 
it was always going to end in tragedy. Thank you so much, Janine, for writing this story for us. What would you do when a friend just won't take no for an answer? Would you lend a helping hand or be the one to let go? When you love someone, it's natural to want to protect them. But danger may be closer than you can possibly imagine. If you don't see it coming, you can't be prepared to save them. Like in this story set in the Philippines. Gabriel didn't like having to leave his heavily pregnant wife and son when he traveled for work to Manila. But not only did he have to pay the bills, but he had to pay off the huge gambling debt he'd accumulated over the years. His family knew nothing about his secret addiction or the amount of money he owed, and now there would soon be another mouth to feed. He needed to take any work offered to help pay it off. This particular construction job had come without warning, and he had had little time to figure out a sitter. Luckily, he'd found a woman named Ning through an online posting. She said she could look after Josh and she could also stop by to do the chores. Despite not knowing a thing about her, she reminded him of his grandmother and he was desperate. She'd appeared at the perfect time. The first day Gabriel was away, Ning picked Josh up from school and made dinner. In the evening, Josh rubbed oil on his mother's feet and helped her to bed, like his dad had instructed him. After tucking her in, he looked back to make sure she was safe and comfortable. He smiled, and he went into his own room to get some rest. Around midnight, Josh was awakened by strange noises coming from his mother's room. He leapt up from his bed to rush to her aid. He swung the door open and was greeted by a terrifying vision. Peering down at his mother from the ceiling was a horrific-looking creature. Its lower torso seemed to be missing, entrails flapping from where the stomach ended. Sure enough, with a quick dart of his eyes, Josh confirmed the lower half of the body stood in the corner of the room, macabrely awaiting reattachment. Huge leathery bat wings kept it afloat and an enormous elongated tongue protruded from its maw. When it looked at Josh, he had a glimmer of recognition. This thing was Ning the mysterious sitter. Mom. She heard him and begged for help, and he knew he had to do something before the monster destroyed his mother and unborn sibling. She was weeping and praying for her baby, but seemed unable to move. She's a Mananangal. Josh, you must kill her and save your sibling. Josh felt the room sway as he fought to stay conscious, terror washing over him. Mananangal is a creature that during daylight looks like a normal human, but when on the hunt, separates from its lower body and grows wings. This allows it to fly and maneuver easily towards its prey. The four feet long proboscis-like tongue was designed with one sole purpose, to suck the blood of pregnant mothers and to suck up the fetus. Despite his fear, he grabbed his father's baseball bat and began swinging at the beast's wings. It hissed at Josh with vampire-like fangs. He went in to hit it again, 
But this time, it used its massive wing to knock him against the wall, the bat flying under the bed. Josh desperately searched for another weapon, but the monster was back over, tongue extended. She tried to cover her belly, but the creature used its human arms to pin her down. Josh panicked, sensing only one choice left. Take me instead, he cried out, his voice cracking. Leave my mom. You can have me, all my blood. No, sobbed his mom, but the Mananangal was interested. It swung its wing at her face, knocking her out, then swooped over to Josh. Despite his terror, he felt noble, knowing his father would have been proud that he'd sacrificed himself for his mama and the baby. The creature grabbed Joshua by the neck and bit, sinking in its fangs. Blood spilled all over them, splattering the walls, and then threw his body with such force, he smashed through the window, landing outside. Poor Josh was dead before he hit the ground. The Mananangal lapped up the residual blood, but was unsatisfied. It extended out his proboscis. Air whistled eagerly into the elongated tubular tongue as the monster headed back to the unconscious mom. As blood soaked the sheets, it took mere moments to suck the fetus out of the navel and swallow it whole, leaving the mother to bleed to death alone. The following morning, just a day after his departure, Gabriel entered his family's home. He walked about the living room, shouting for everyone. He had made a decision he was excited to share. He had postponed the job for now. Despite the pressure to pay the debts, it hadn't felt right to be away. He'd just have to continue hiding his gambling for now and somehow work extra hard once the baby was born. As he put his things down and wondered why no one was answering, he made his way to his wife's bedroom. As he fell to his knees in horror, gasping for air, Ning entered with a basket of laundry. She screamed and dropped it, running to console Gabriel, appearing as shocked as he was at the devastation. The massacre she, the Mananangal, had caused. For years after, Ning stayed, practically attached to Gabriel's side, a faithful housekeeper, a doting friend of the family, including when he remarried. And when the happy couple announced they were expecting twins, well, you can imagine Ning's delight. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Janine Pipe. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Executive producer, Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. If you'd like to support Something Scary and all the work we do, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. And if you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary at snarled.com. Until next time, my dark darlings. Sweet dreams. Thank you. 
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.